All right, everybody, December 13th, Sunday morning, sitting in the studio, kicking it over a little bit of coffee, and getting ready to talk about what's went on over the last week and a half. It's been a great run so far. We hit 1,000 likes on our Facebook follows, and that contest will be announced later today. As always, go over to our social media platforms and give us a follow, a like, and share with your friends because we're getting ready to kick this thing off in a big way. We have in studio with us today Nick Wilson, Cody Watson. Caden Watson's over here kicking around with us, and we have none other than the legend himself, Matthew Mulkey. Nick, glad to be back, man. I've been gone for 10 days, and it's been exciting. I've got a lot to talk about and a lot to tell you about, so glad to be here. Can't wait. Cody, everything good with you? Good. Glad you're back. (laughs) Telling me, 16-hour ride home from Iowa was rough. Can we get into the giveaway yet or what? You're killing me. We can. Uh, we selected a winner last night as we celebrated getting to 1,000 likes. We're almost 1,100. <clears throat> it went fast. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of shares going, a lot of, lot of positive feedback going so far. So um, you want to give the gentleman's name that won the, the gift or the prize? What, Watson? I... He doesn't remember his name. I don't remember his name. Oh, Tony Wilkie. Tony, Tony Wilkie. Wilkie. Yeah, yeah. So Tony is actually Scott Hooper's uncle. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Everyone submitted pictures on there. We just said, you know, everyone that submitted, shared, and tagged would be entered into it, and we would select a winner. And Tony, you are the winner. Your fishing picture you posted was awesome, man. With that sunset in the background, and it was it was a beautiful picture. It may have been a sunrise. I don't know. It was a, yeah, it was a cool picture. Yeah, it was sure. cool. It was Fog good. was rolling in around him. You could see his hat sticking out there. He had his rod in his hand. He was probably working a working a point on Lanier yeah. or something. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll get Tony on, yeah, announce it to him, and, and let him know that he's the winner. But we're going to post a video where we announced it later today before this, uh, this podcast drops on Monday. So, as always, we appreciate everybody tuning in, and I am excited to get right into the last week's events. Well, where we went to Iowa on our normal trip up. It's become, a, I guess, a tradition for me and Dad and Uncle Wibburn to go up there every year. It's, man, if you've never been out of state hunting with a bow, then you load up and go drive deer with shotguns. <laughs> a lot of meat's hitting the ground when you get up there. Before we get into your story, do you want to, you want, Watson, do you want to talk about that? The kids giveaway. Oh yeah, we just announced the kids giveaway. Um, it's active on Facebook right now. A lot of a lot of cool stuff we put together for that. Getting a lot of a lot of entries on that. Uh, any any kid under the age of fourteen, I believe, is what we had listed on there. Fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. <clears throat> oh, uh, y'all changed it. <clears throat> You've been out of town for a week. <laughs> yeah. So. Go on Facebook, and um, that runs till the 16th. Oh, man. I guess I can't read like y'all can. It says 15 on there, so. Oh, I thought we. Oh, well, God. 15. You know. you know what? See, that's what happens when y'all don't pay attention to stuff. I'm out of town, and I'm having to keep up with y'all, so. I'm done. Stuff not dropping. Yeah. It's already going to be a bad morning, I can already tell. We spent last night celebrating at a low country bowl, and everybody decided they'd stay out late. What time did y'all get home? 10, 10, 15? Yeah, real late. 10, 15. <laughs> real late. <laughs> <laughs> this day and age, that is late for me. Yep. But anyways, go go over there and uh, share the name of a kid that 
you want to enter to win this, um, like and share that post, and uh, we'll be we'll be drawing that on the eighteenth. Next Friday. Next Friday. We've also got another giveaway that we're going to be doing. We're going to post it up later on next week. It's a cool item that I brought back from Iowa. It's not a big bug, so everybody get their hopes up there, but it is pretty neat, so we're going to put that out. Cody will get it posted later on this week. And uh, what else is going on? Nothing really. Christmas time, almost. It is getting down to the – Nitty gritty. What do we got? Uh, Eleven days before Christmas is here. It's creeping up. One of my favorite times of the year, I don't, I, and not for decorations. I absolutely hate Christmas decorations. I'm just gonna go ahead and throw that out there. And it, it's not for the lack of looking at them. I love to look at them. But when I was a kid, my mother's home and dad's home would make the Griswolds jealous. <laughs> We'd drag out 7,500 drop cords and have to be out there plugging them in. And what made it even worse is, is I had to park out at Mama's and walk all the way to the house. Whether it was rain, sleet, or snow, I'd have to park out there and walk back. So ever since then, I've had a resentment for Christmas decorations. <coughs> Matt Mulkey in studio with us, sitting over there, Choctawing on a biscuit. He's looking fresh as could be this morning. He's got his coffee, and he actually took a great buck. Last weekend, was it, Mulkey? Yeah, good wide buck. Yeah, he was down in South Georgia on our good buddy, Red Boogie, Jason Whited's place. It's a beautiful deer. We'll get him over here and talk for that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. Did you kill a big buck in Iowa? I had an opportunity to. I really did. Did you, did you waste that big buck on that prayer for Watson? <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, wasted the, it on a six pointer. <laughs> wasted it on a six pointer. If you heard previously, I did tell the Lord if he'd send a buck over to Watson, I'd, I'd just not take one in Iowa. And I actually had one in the scope and didn't pull the trigger. And I believe that was the force of Jesus holding that trigger back. He put his <laughs> finger behind it, and said, "You give that one up." Yeah, that one's twice. Gone. Twice I've done that. So, um, spent a lot of time in Iowa with my my good buddies from Tennessee, from Florida, the Brunson boys. Rusty, Billy, Stoney, they're, gosh, Chase, which is Rusty's boy, they're they're a, quite the crew. I went up to Tennessee with them, squirrel hunting, go down to Florida fishing with them, and they had welcomed me into their fold like family. I mean, and I talked to them on a weekly basis, talked to Rusty about every other day, and, and they've become somebody that I consider really good friends of mine. Also spent a lot of time up there with uh, – with Leroy Simmons and, and his two kids, Tyler and Smoochie. Um, Walker was there, his nephew, as well as Cody Finley. And we rode around, looked for deer, jumped out in some ditches and kicked them up, and, and we spent a lot, of, a lot of time together this year. Probably the most time I've ever spent in Iowa with that crew as far as getting out and, and pushing that big timber. We, we got some great places to hunt and managed to take some amazing, amazing deer while we were there. Um, my crew, as far as Dad and Uncle Wyvern and myself, didn't get on any big ones. We didn't take any big ones, but we had the opportunity to. Opening morning right out of the gate, I had a, a great buck come in, and, and I just couldn't get it done. I actually couldn't get on him. The sun got in my face, and I couldn't get back on him, and he disappeared like most of those big bucks do. I had that three fifty legend ready to sing, and I didn't get to shoot. That's all open it. fields up there. It's not, it's not horrible, is it? 
Oh, you got some hardwood fingers and stuff, but it's a lot of open cornfields. And when those deer get to running out of one section of timber to the next, it's a lot of a lot of shooting going on because those those deer can cover some ground quick. Dad, he he managed to take several does out of the herd. We were party hunting, which is what we do when we go up there. We get in a big group and we party hunt. And you may have twenty, twenty five people in that group, and the good thing about it is we go up and. Every person in the party, as long as there's an active tag in the party still, you know, they can take that deer. I can shoot a deer for you or Cody or whoever has a tag, they can shoot a deer for somebody else as long as they're there and active in the party, which uh, is it can add up the, the bullet or the the uh kill count pretty quick on one gun if you're in the right spot and that's what happened for dad. He wound up in the right spot twice. Is that over the counter tags? Well, you can buy an excess doe tag over the counter, but you've still got to put in for, for your buck tags. We didn't get drawn for a buck tag this year, but some of the guys that we hunt with locally there, of course, they had buck tags that, you know, if we wanted to fill one or if we had had the opportunity, they would have, you know, been more than happy to let us use their buck tag. What was the, what was the ride lock up? Long. Ride up. The ride up's always interesting to me because you never know how far we're going to make it before me and Dad and Uncle we were in a row. When we made it, to how, Sil- long, how long is the ride? It's fifteen hours, fifteen and a half hours. That's a, that's a haul. I mean, it's nine hundred ninety-eight miles to we're sitting on the doorstep of the house we stay at, and we made it to Silicon Road from Pleasant Arbor before we got in rail this year. <laughs> and how far is that from people that don't know of your house? It's the T intersection that uh, comes about a mile and a half from uh, Dad's house. We, yeah. <laughs> we picked him up, so we made it up there. I'm not really sure what the row was about. We always get over that stuff pretty quick. It's probably Dad wasn't asleep yet, which always equates to uh, to somebody being in a row or me asleep. Uncle Everett, he usually don't start it, but he's always one that'll <laughs> that'll finish it. So we got yeah, up there. And it, was a, it was a good ride, and it was a good. Good trip up, so got there, and it was cold, cold weather, and that made for, I don't know, Did interesting trip. Did it snow trip. while y'all were up there? Mm-mm, no, they got about seven inches of snow on the ground right now for second season. My, my good buddy Travis, I had went out and sighted in some rifles for some guys while we were there. Um, John Fox and, and his son, Jake. John had actually asked me to bring him some, some shells when we came up, because as you know, shells are hard to find, yeah, they are. and John couldn't find any up there. That's a popular cartridge in that area now since they legalized straight wall, and so that three fifty, he couldn't find any bullets for it. So called our good buddy uh, Tim Milburn down at Cherokee Gun and Pond. Shout out to them for always taking care of me on my ammunition or anything else I need. They're on Highway 20 if y'all want to go by and check them out sometime. Ask for Tim. Tell them Alex sent you. Um, he's a good guy and he always takes care of me and he sent me up with some shells and I got up there and John, as always, tried to, you know, make it right, right out of the gate. And I told him we'd take care of that later on. And, and he did, uh, take care of me later on on that. And, but we went out, we sighted in those rifles and, and got them tuned up and Jake actually shot a deer and this, this, I saw it with my own eyes or I wouldn't have believed it. Um, we sighted in that rifle and on Sunday, he shot a a decent little buck at 285 yards of that 350 ledger. No kidding. Jake's, I think Jake is 16. He's a junior, so he's 16 and, and hasn't done a whole lot of shooting with that gun. He took one opening morning, and then he and John made a push and, and jumped one up, and he filled his daddy's buck tag for him uh, That's with a 285-yard shot. And he said it was running on a good trot. I don't know if I could shoot that far with like a three hundred eight or anything. 
Is them boys bow hunt up there? Not the group that we're with. They're, they live for that week of shotgun. That's it, what they live for. And I've got some buddies up there that do, that do bow hunt. but They care about antlers, bones? They just... Yeah, I mean, they, they want to... Brown us down. Oh, it's, well, within reason. I mean, they sh- they try to shoot a lot of does. Try to get them taken out of the herd because they're all farmers. I mean, they those deer wear their crops out, whether it's beans, corn, whatever, cars, golly. The amount of dead deer you see in, you know, Kentucky and Illinois, and we've talked about that prior, you get to, to Iowa and it's – we didn't see a whole lot right on the side of the road, but when you get off the road just a little bit where we were pushing some timber on the side of the interstate, whoo-wee. <clears throat> They had deer everywhere. What's the, uh, what do you think the size difference in those deer just from the one you killed in Illinois? Yeah, well, body wise, I mean, the doe, does that we shot. <laughs> doe. <laughs> the multiple doe. I shot a doe, and it, it, I would say it probably field dressed, I don't know, 130 pounds. Big, big doe to me. Yeah. How I about the buck that was, those guys killed? Were they, well, the one that we get, the one that I had in my scope that Leroy took the, the, he was a 21-and-a-half-inch wide 12-pointer, and I had him at 65 yards in my scope and couldn't see his head, couldn't tell what it was, and we decided we were going to you know, try to make sure that we have taken a mature buck out of that timber. And when he turned, he looked like a – I swear, I don't know that I've ever seen a buck that big in the woods. And I should have known by the body that it was a mature deer and a big one because he was a giant. When he got – I got when I walked over there to Leroy after he'd shot him because – when I saw him and he turned, I thought he was going to John. I hollered, coming to you, John. And he turned back, coming to you, Leroy. And he's coming across the hill. And he was over a little knoll in a ditch. And when he crossed that little knoll, Leroy, he cut down on him with that 12-gauge. And he was just – when I got over there to him, he was sitting down. And he said, Alex, I've been hunting for since I was 20. I'm 61 years old. And he said, that's the biggest buck I've ever killed. And it made it all the worth the while, you know, and to see awesome. that buck run off. It was, I mean, and he lives up there. So yeah. he's seen, and he said, Alex, that's the biggest buck I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can <laughs> see why. I'm crying. Yeah, it's so a beautiful good Lord, deer. Good Lord kept your finger off the trigger one more time, huh? Yeah, six-pointer. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted Leroy to kill that thing. So Careful what you ask for. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm probably going to be eating a tag soup next year. <laughs> Before any <laughs> promises are made, well, I won't be making that trip. I wish you'd yet. say a prayer for me so I could kill a deer. <laughs> we went out and we stayed with with Dave Lemke again, and, and Dave's always been really good to let us stay at his house. And it's an old friend of my dad's, and they've they've been friends for a very long time. And he's always welcomed us into this house with open arms and treated hunt, us very well. Uh, yeah, he does hunt. He he goes out and, and gets out a little bit, um, but he's. He's really one of those guys that doesn't care about, you know, killing one. He wants us to have a good time, but he likes to get out there and be a part of it with us. Um, now, Gary Levine, the toughest old cuss that I've ever probably ever met in my life. Gary was born April the 16th, 1945. Gary started hunting with us in 2014. Um, it was actually 2015 when Gary started hunting with us. And Gary's become someone that I talked to on a – on a weekly basis him and his wife pat live down in florida now and they have a house in iowa but they with the covid and everything the way it's been they haven't traveled very much because they're older and they don't you know want to contract anything and but gary came up to hunt with us this year and 
Gary's getting to that point. His back is really, really bothering him. I mean, he's he's starting to go down as far as his health wise, and he says it every year that this may be his last year hunting because he can't get out and walk the way he wants to. But I'll say this: he never missed a lick getting in that, getting out there, and getting getting on the stand with us. And I was actually able to get on a push with Gary and push some deer out of out of a little block of timber, and it ran across an opening that Gary was sitting in, and I heard him shoot. I think he shot four times. That that old twelve gauge was working, and I, I heard him kind of holler, "Woo!" You know, he was excited that he had been able to take a couple of deer. And when I walked up there, and he said, "I think I got one, Alex." I looked and I said, "Gary, you got two down down here." I said, "It ain't one; it's two. He he was so excited. He was he took a buck and a doe. Uh, it wasn't a you know a giant buck, but Gary was excited about it, and the happiness that that came over, you know. We talk about that a lot. You you see somebody being happy for being able to take a deer, and Gary definitely was. So that was that was another big big thing that happened this trip. Sound like y'all had a lot of deer to clean. <clears throat> well, we cleaned five at one time, then we had three more to clean uh, when we got over to another drive. So what was we, the weather like? It was warm. I think didn't have record, snow this time, did y'all? Record high for for the for the month of December uh, for that date. I think it was December the eighth. Uh, it was fifty one degrees, and it's never been that. We always wash, we clean, process, and wash our meat. And every year, Dad and I are out there fighting about washing tarps or, you know, we're having to clean up and get everything washed off and get the meat in the cooler. And we're freezing to death every year out there. I mean, I've got ice coming off my gloves, and, I mean, the table's freezing up as we're sitting there. And this year, we were out there in short sleeves washing the meat. It's kind of nice for change, isn't it? It was. I mean, it definitely changed the deer hunting. I think the moon moon didn't have them moving during the day the way we'd want them to they when it snows those deer pile into that timber hard they pile up together and we were kind of having to hunt them like pheasants this year and kick them up out of those cornfields because they'd lay right in the middle of the ditches of the cornfield because they didn't have to be out of the wind they didn't have to worry about the weather and so it kind of changed the way we had to drive it a little bit we'd walk out through the middle of the cornfield instead of just walking the ditches got to see a lot of up close action the rut, rut's over right we actually saw a, a monster buck on property that, that we can't hunt on while we were out riding around on Friday. I mean, an absolute giant. He's probably into the 80s. I mean, he was an absolute stud pushing does around. I mean, we got to watch him push does around. And I got to see two bucks fight. I mean, two what I would consider not megas, but two jumbos, two stags, was out in the middle of the field fighting. And uh, Gary actually got a shot on one of those deer, knocked it down. I mean, I'm talking about, I saw the deer fall. Call me, bring your gut knife, old boy. I'm ready to clean him. I said, all right, I'm on my way. So I threw my clothes on, got out there, and I was on the way to the to the to where he was at, and I saw the deer stand up. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I tried to get out there faster to get close enough to get a shot because Gary hunts with the 12 gauge and 7,500 yards, that's it with that. And he actually shot that deer at 95 yards. I mean, he said, I just put it on the top of his back and squeezed Gary was actually a – he was a in the Army for, for 28 years. And while he was in the Army, he was on uh, – he was a coach for the Olympic shooter team while he was in the Army. So he, he was okay. – Gary's a heck of a shot. And, I mean, he trained those guys for shooting. And for him to be able to shoot a deer at 95 yards with a 12-gauge slug, I mean, that's pretty impressive by any account. So, Is it <clears throat> is Iowa boys listening to the – 
podcast. Oh yeah, they said they had tuned in. They better. They're ready for this episode to drop. <laughs> they was all excited. This every time they'd kill a deer and I'd get out of the truck, they'd wham talk about it. <laughs> I mean, That's they were awesome. excited as could be. And there's a guy out there that hunts a lot. His name's Walker, which he's Leroy's nephew. He killed a 166 while we were up there, and he's a big bow hunter too. So. He tunes in all the time, and, and I told him I wanted to give him a call sometime and see. He's got a muzzleloader that he bought. It's a CVA, and uh, he's he's getting some amazing range out of that muzzleloader. I don't know if you've seen them. They use a rifle rifle primer. No. It loads different. I mean, it uses I, – I don't know all the ballistic data or anything on it, but at 300 yards, he's stacking dimes with that rifle. I mean, it's with a muzzleloader, so – Late season muzzleloader could get exciting for him. He's pumped. I mean, <laughs> reaching out there. Yeah, he spent a lot of money on it. You can reach a. You're, you shoot a twenty gauge. No, I was shooting that three fifty legend. That's this right. Year. That's right. But you have shot a twenty gauge in the past. Yeah, I mean it's a two hundred yard gun. Uh, that three fifty gets me out a little bit further. I feel confident I kill a deer at two fifty, two seventy five. Well, look, Jake killed one at two eighty five. Does his. anybody use buckshot up there? You can't use buckshot. Oh, you can't. Uh-uh, no, gotcha. just slugs. What What is the reasoning for that? Oh, probably because. People out there in the timber pushing the way they do. I mean, you don't want to. It's bad enough slugs start singing. I was about to say you don't get nervous. No, because everybody everybody's smart about their hunting. I mean, that, that's one good thing I like about hunting with this group is they're knowledgeable. And I mean, and they do know where you're going to be when they tell you that you call them dogs. All right, kick out the dogs on the north end of this timber. We're going to push it south, and deer are always running into the wind. I don't care. I learned that up there early on. If the wind's blowing out of the south, the deer's going to run south. If wind's blowing out of the west, they're going to run west. That's just what those deer do when they get scared. So I guess they can tell, you know, all right, there's no danger ahead of me. I can run that way. And when you're pushing that timber, you're trying to push it towards the wind. And we always strategize, all right, we're going to kick the dogs out on the west side and we're going to push it towards the east if it's blowing that way, whatever. And they know, all right, I'm going to be coming over this hill. Don't shoot this way. Right. They wait till it clears a good spot and gets a good You place. like the walker shoot. I mean, walkers usually get the walkers usually get the big ones. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Does big bucks double back? They'll well, that deer that Leroy killed, we we jumped him Saturday morning and he got out on us. He got out of the timber. They had it. They probably let you walk almost right up to them before they move, won't they? Or past them. Really? I mean, sometimes you'll be kicking down through there yelling and they yeah. <laughs> I told them I was dead. They was all hollering, yeah, get up there and everything. And here I am walking up through the woods singing a song. I was, get out there, get out of your bed. My uncle's waiting over the hill to shoot you in the head. <laughs> sure and I was not. just walking down through there acting like that and deer's jumping up left and right. They're like, what in the world's all that singing going on? But they hadn't heard that before. They hadn't heard that southern accent coming up through there. They hadn't heard that twang. We got to spend some time at the bomb shelter, which is bomb shelter. Marv's bar in Casey. We go there on Saturday nights. We have a big deer hunter supper, and that's where everybody comes into town. And everybody's seen the pictures I've posted over the years of the group at Marv's and the wallpaper and the nostalgia that's on the walls in there. There's bucks hanging on the wall in there that everybody likes to come in and measure. All right, those deer are what I saw one like that today, or I saw one bigger than that, or. And there's shotgun barrels on the wall that guys have gotten s- snow stuck in and pulled the trigger on. It's blowed the whole barrel up on it. But I don't have all the details on when the bar opened and when it's you know when it was founded, so on and so forth. But 
Marv's getting on up there in age, and and he's a he's somebody that we've spent a lot of time with, and we've had a great deal of fun with. And um, you know, my thoughts are out to Marv as as he's starting to get older, and uh, and this this could be the last year that we get to go to the bomb shelter. It, it could be shut down when we go back um, next year. If we're fortunate enough to get to go back up there next year, it could be could be the end of an era there with uh, at the bomb shelter and and. There's been a lot of conversations had there around that bar table, not just about deer hunting. You know, we we've turned this into more than a deer hunting trip. It really is. I don't I don't care if I ever go back up there and kill a deer again. I'll be honest with you. Careful what you say. Well, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm saying it, and I I always want to go up and kill a big deer. But those people have treated us more like family. I mean, I met Rusty, which is he's up in Tennessee, and and I go up there and spend. I went up there four times this year um, just to visit. I mean, we went up 4th of July. Uncle Wyvern and I went up when I had my firework accident. And then Jess and I actually went back for her birthday, and we're going back in February for our annual squirrel hunt up there where they all come to town and, you know, meeting Stoney and Billy. And, and Bear Bear was actually there this year, which is Billy's grandson – or, excuse me, son-in-law. Uh, he got to come up and experience the Iowa deer hunting for the first time, and it, it was – it was really cool to see somebody new get to see all those deer because bear hunts down in South Georgia. I went down dogging with them this year, and bear never killed anything bigger than about an 80-inch eight-pointer, and bear was able to take a 144-inch, uh, I think he was a 10, and a great buck and, and the biggest one of his life. So he got to take that. That was exciting. <clears throat> Should I ask questions from this, from our notes, or? I mean, <clears throat> I'm so, so curious about this. This bald bear. That's what I'm curious about. Oh, that's bear. That's who I was talking about. <laughs> okay. um, bear, bear's bald. And I, I gave him a hard time. I never realized he didn't have any hair. He took his hat off, and I was like, "Oh, you're bald." I was like, "You better keep a bogging on up here. You're gonna freeze and pull a flap over that chrome dome. You're blinding me coming walking through the timber." Bears, bears, one of those guys. And Mulkies met him. We went down to Florida fishing with him, and. Bear's one of those guys that he's a lot like Blaine. He's kind of soft-spoken. He don't get excited about a lot. You start talking about hunting, he gets fired up. And to see that joy when I walked around the curve there and, and got to see him, you know, with his buck was was great because we saw him out there at the skinning shack. We got a skinning shack, and it's out at Leroy's farm, and we skin all our deer out and everything. And it's it's one of those places that we've had a lot of good conversations. I actually had to scale, uh, skull cape. Uh, Billy's buck uh, that he killed and bears, which was something I haven't done in a very long time, was be able to, you know, cape one off the skull. And I, I hope I did a good job on it. We'll see yeah. what those taxidermists It's a good sign that you could do that with your hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It went, it went fine. I put on a pair of insulated gloves and then put on some rubber gloves over the top of it. So I kept warm. And it's, it's different, though. I've watched a lot of people do that, and, and I used to help a guy when I was probably Caden's age or younger cape him off the skull, and he taught me a way to do it. And it was different than what I was taught this time. Um, Daryl McMickens over at McMickens Taxidermy, he's the guy I always use, and he, he taught me how to do it. Well, actually, I would go by there when I would get out, of, uh, get out of physical therapy in the evenings. I'd stop by and see him, and he kind of ran me through. Braden, his son, showed me how to do it, and Drew, they'd work with me and show me how to get them off the skull the right way, and I felt like I'd, I did a pretty good job. I guess the capes will tell when the tax service gets to it, so that was something neat to be able to do and, and learn how to do. Well, that's a good thing to <clears throat> to know how to do, too, especially 
hunting out of town, hunting out of state as much as we do because of the laws and stuff now. Yep, yep. We made sure to take them all out, and we didn't bring back anything. So, yeah. Tell us about driving and crying. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> driving and crying, driving and crying. So, <clears throat> is that the song or? <clears throat> well, you the could, you could call it the song. <laughs> I I was uh I was I I wrote that note down because. I had hunted one section the first morning, and I let that big buck get by me. So I was I was driving timber, and I came out of it. I was crying coming out of the timber. So I got in the truck with John and Rusty to go up and push a different section. I was just whining the blues. So I wrote driving and crying down. I said, oh, I'm driving and I'm crying. I just keep thinking about that six-pointer. <laughs> That's the most beautiful six-pointer I've ever been graced with. Thanks, Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's all about it he's all about it when so did, did y'all keep all the deer that y'all killed and or did y'all bring some more back also we brought back six deboned Good actually Lord. wound up putting up i think yesterday dad and i figured up we processed everything uh excuse me friday morning we cut all the meat up and got it processed put in the freezer i think it was about 210 pounds is what we wound up having processed meat Good so um got to eat some great chicken Walls chicken. Every year, a Walls makes up a, a big bag of chicken. I'm talking about a sack, son. It's some of the best fried chicken that you've ever eaten. And he brings it and drops it off. And there's always an argument about who's going to get the chicken. And John Rusty and I grabbed it after we'd made a big push and met up with Walls. And we got out of there with it, and it was great. And I think later on in the week, they did share some of that chicken with them. But um, they, uh, they had let them... Let them on to it and let them have some of it. So, um, as I said. So, you wasn't too disappointed that you didn't bring back a, another wall hanger? No, I really wasn't. Not this year. In years past, I probably would have been. You know, I was able to take a great buck this year in, in Illinois, and it was it was awesome. And But this year, I like I said, it was just I – was, I was frustrated for a few days – I think because nobody was seeing any good ones, and then Sunday they started hammering some good ones. So, and it it worked out for the best for everybody. Like I said, got to see Leroy take a great one. Uh, Billy Is he gonna Bear. get that one mounted. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's, he's he made sure to tell him that's a shoulder mount. Don't go to cutting on it too much, and because he caped it out. Nick, did you do anything last week while Alex was stood by the phone waiting on Alex to tell me about a big buck? <clears throat> no, just work, no hunting. What'd you do? Hit your mic with your mouth? No, my hand. Tyler got a pop from a forty-five seventy right in my eye. Was out there on a had make a scope shot. Mm. Seven stitches. Really? You ever seen one give somebody stitches? No. Seven stitches and blacked his whole eye underneath the bottom. So. So scopes are legal. <laughs> what? Why would scopes be legal? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't. You can use a thirty-eight caliber muzzle loader, flintlock only. Yeah, scopes are scopes are definitely legal. <laughs> Nick, you ain't feeling too. You're not feeling too well this morning. 
Stayed up too late. I've told you about staying up past 10 o'clock anymore. Uh, that's... You're getting too old for that. <clears throat> uh, bomber. Y'all ever heard of Bomber? <laughs> I don't know. That's a drink up there. It's tomato juice, beef broth, and vodka. Ooh. <laughs> no, sir. It's delicious. Oh, it really is. One? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bomber's, bomber's great. If you like tomato juice and beef broth, I'd be all right with the tomato juice. I don't know about beef beef broth. I don't. You don't like the flavor of beef? Well, yeah, but I don't know about in a drink. Have you ever had chicken broth? Yeah. All right, just salty. It's great. Mix a little vodka in there. It'll curdle you good. You're gonna have to mix this one up. <clears throat> I don't know that I'll be. Uh, I don't know if I'll be mixing anything like that up, but. Our old buddy Vincent McGinnis came and visited with us some while we were up there. Vince used to deer hunt years ago, not much on it anymore. And he was telling me, <clears throat> I was asking if he knew where Waterloo was. A gentleman bought a bow from me, and I shipped it up to Waterloo, Iowa. And Waterloo was actually, I, I, I'm going on what Vinny said, so if I'm wrong on this, I apologize. But uh, he said in 1912, Waterloo Brothers Tractor Company actually sold out to what is known now as John Deere. Really? Waterloo Brothers were running a tractor company, and they sold out to John Deere. And he said it was in 1912. I don't know. I Like I said, I hadn't, hadn't researched it, but uh, he said he sold it for like $3 million. So uh, whoever bought it from him made a heck of an investment to turn over the years because that was, that was pretty good. We went over to John and Tony Fox, hunted with them. John and Tony have become really good friends of ours. We hunted with them some on their ground, made a big drive there. <clears throat> Um, that's actually where I shot my doe at was over on John's ground, Chad Morehouse. He took me over and rode me around some areas. He's a big bow hunter and to see those areas and how they, <clears throat> how they bow hunt. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I got choked on my snuff. Oh, you okay. <laughs> you okay. <laughs> Yeah, man, that Longhorn's rough when it goes down the wrong pipe. John, John Deere did buy Waterloo, nineteen nineteen. Nineteen nineteen. Two point three million dollars. Pretty neat. Yeah. <clears throat> Golly. Pretty good move on their part. Smoke you another one. <laughs> Gosh. Mm-mm-mm. Clear my sinuses a little bit. Excuse me. But like I said, we had a we had a great time. Uh, I was right back. In Iowa. Ride back was long. It always is. I think Willie O drove for seven and a half hours, and then Dad drove for about 30 minutes and <laughs> had to stop and take a a bathroom break. And he said, do you want to drive a while? And I brought us on to Waleska, and I think we got back about 11 o'clock. They're still working on the road up here at Chattanooga. <laughs> Dude, that twenty four seventy five split, I don't know that they'll ever get that fixed. Shout out to C.W. Matthews for making a good mess for me coming home. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was bad. I mean – um, but we had a great trip. Nothing, nothing, nothing too exciting um, to tell that people would understand. It's hard to hard to talk about that trip when you when you weren't there and you didn't get to live it. And like I said, thankful for everybody in Iowa. I'm thankful for my friends I've met up there in Florida, and uh, um, I, I'm I'm very excited to uh, to get to spend spend any time I can with them. Um, Shout out to Jackie and Mark Lonsdale. Um, their daughter Maria came out. She was going to hunt with us one day, and she didn't get to this year. Um, Kathy, Marv, you know, we're always thinking about you, and you know, we come back 
home, made it home safe, and and I'm just thankful for for everybody up there because it's, you know, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. Um, Cecil and Jenny, um, which is John Wallace, they they very good to us to let us. Some of the guys stay at their house. I actually crashed out there one night, but just hats off to everybody in in that area that that takes us in like family and they feed us well. We eat good. Um, we spend time there. Doyle Lane, one of the old founding fathers up there that came in with Rusty, he didn't get to come this year. Um, our good buddy Critter that he always spends with, he's been battling cancer for a while and he's been in and out of the hospital. So prayers out to, to Critter for for him to start getting back on the mend. He got to come home and I hadn't heard any reports since we got home. So for second season uh, this year for the first time, Stoney's wife Dita and uh, Lee Vandiver uh, I'm sure I messed up his last name. Uh, his wife, I don't remember what her name is, and I'm sorry for that. I think it's Tara. They went up and hunted second season. They drew a tag for second season. So they're up there in the middle of that snowstorm that hit on Friday hunting. I haven't heard any reports from them yet, but I'm sure they're seeing some deer. How long is the se- How's the season run up there? Saturday to Thursday for first season. It closes Friday, and then it runs Saturday to Saturday for second season. Y'all hunted first season. <clears throat> yeah, always first season. Does a bow does bow hunting open up after shotgun again, or does it close? Does bow hunting close during shotgun? Yeah, you cannot bow hunt during shotgun. Gotcha. We talked about this on a previous episode. Do they close school and stuff up there for that? No, no. I mean, school's still open in in that area. They don't shut it down or anything. It's always curious. Probably about a lot stuff of people. Like just, Most of the hunters get in on f- Saturday and Sunday. You'll see a ton of groups of hunters out pushing timber you'll see them in just about every block of timber that they're able to get on to hunt uh, there's different groups you know other than us we've got a big group but there's different groups that get together and hunt up there and it's that party hunting mentality man i'm telling you it's different than it's different than southern hunting it, it it's everybody's so excited when a deer gets taken everybody i mean it's right. not you don't get one or two people that because it is a team effort. I mean, when you get in that timber and you get to pushing it, you've got to push it them out. And you got standards on the edge of this field, and you got standards, that, you know, on the edge of a ditch or whatever it is, looking for those deer to come out of those escape routes. And it's it's fast paced, quick action. You'll be standing there, and on that first morning, Stony and I had, I think we had nine deer run out on us, and like there were five of them that came out in the field. Stony dropped one. I missed twice. They were out there running around. They went back into the timber, and I think they took another doe or two out of that herd. But it's it's a team effort, and it's one of those things that we really enjoy. It's it's fun. I mean, it's just different. It's like it's like running them with dogs here, except you ain't got no dogs. A dog up there would run itself to death I with bet. all them deer. Right. I mean, yeah. they just they'd be didn't wouldn't know which way to go because there ain't no track. You ain't dumping them out on two tracks on a sandy road in South Georgia. You you know you're seeing. 30, 40 deer that piled into timber, and they're scattering through there. So they didn't want to come out that last day we went over there and pushed. They did not want to come out of that timber into that field I was in. But hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I'd have pulled the trigger on that one. I had him in the scope, but I didn't. So he gets to stay in, stay up there with Leroy. So, But other than that, it was a great trip, and I'm excited. Excited and glad to be back. Um, as I said, shout out to everybody there. And I'd also, you know, Got some kind of devastating news yesterday for for our family. Um, Michael, my cousin, actually passed away yesterday morning. Um, he's had a long battle with uh, with some sickness, and and he passed away. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to to his kids and uh, and to the rest of the D board family because 
Michael's Michael was a good good to me growing up. He was in the trucking business for a long time, and I spent a lot of time up there looking at trucks and stuff with him. With him and Dean, of course, Dean's already went on, and and definitely uh, definitely thinking about them when I woke up this morning because um, there's there's getting not to be too many of those older older folks left, and and Michael was was one that I always enjoyed speaking with and talking with, and I hadn't seen him in a few months, and he was out and. Uh, I got to talk to him for just a moment before he went back in the hospital sick. So definitely want to be thinking about them this morning. And uh, for anybody out there, this this time of year is, is hard on a lot of folks with the cold weather coming in and, you know, it's getting a lot of people sick. And, and you know, it's just one of those times that got to be real careful, especially with the virus going around, who's getting sick and and who you're around, which we've actually canceled our Christmas this year um, with all the older folks we've got in, in my my dad's family. We decided we weren't going to get together, um, just with the threat of the virus and everything. We're gonna we're gonna cancel it, and you know it's one of those things that one of those things that we're excited to to spend time with our family at at Christmas time and so on and so forth. And it's we're not going to get to this year. So yeah, we we canceled our tradition, family tradition that we do. We go to my grandparents every Christmas morning, eat a big breakfast with all of us, and that's not happening this year. And that's kind of you know, a little sad, but it's for the better, I guess. Yeah, I keep people from getting sick, so. Um, excitement coming up, Nick, for you for the holidays. What do y'all got planned? No, we, we canceled ours also. Just too, just, just too worried about it with the grandparents and my mom and dad. Well, go see them if you can still. That's what we're going to do. Oh, you know, I still want to go visit mm-hmm. individually. I want to go spend time with my with my grandma, because she's not getting any younger, and take the kids over. She always enjoys seeing the kids. So um, that's pretty much wound up my deer season for the year. I You're mean, done? I'm, I'm pretty much done. I mean, I've got that. You know, I've got a lot of things that I want to do through the winter, and I may hunt a little bit around home. And there's still plenty of time left to. I mean, we've got a month left from tomorrow. Um, you know, there's a month left of season, and in Georgia, and. But it's been it's been good, uh, so I don't want to spend a lot of time in the woods. You know, I have nothing left to to prove to myself this year. I got a freezer full of meat, and uh, some of us don't. But <laughs> taking donations, <laughs> well, I got you some. I didn't bring it today. I meant to give it to you last night, but I got you some got you some meat. I don't mind sharing with you. You know why? You know why I don't mind sharing with you? Because it's got frostbite on it. You don't want to eat it. Well, no, I'll give you the fresh. I'm kidding. Oh, here we go. You don't mind processing your own, but these people out here, I don't mind sharing with non-hunters. But people that are just gonna kill them and give them away and not not process any meat. Nah. Yeah. Don't. I. I, I hope you don't starve, but you ain't eating mine. <laughs> so it's. I'll a, take all you got. <clears throat> well, I got you a few pounds. I'll I can pass up. We'll make some burritos, like the deer burritos. Anybody out there that's got any ground meat that you want to get rid of, hit me up because I can tell you a recipe for some burritos that will blow your mind. They're easy. You can make them individually. You can wrap them up, pop them in the microwave for two and a half minutes, put you a little cheese and some rotel on top of it. Shout out to Willie O for that rotel. It is good. So if anybody's got a... Got a question about how to make those burritos? I'll post up that recipe on our. I'll I'll, I'll yeah. write it down. And I'll post it up on the on the page so everybody can get it and then give the instructions on how to write it. I'll do that next week because yeah, we we took a lot of those to Illinois last year and man, you talking about a good quick easy meal, but they're so good. Take so a little good. cheese and pour over the top of them some salsa, whatever lettuce, that homemade sauce. 
mean, whatever you want to put on it, it, it's good and it makes for a good quick meal. So it's a good way to get rid of some deer meat. So, um, as always, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in on this one. Uh, I know it's kind of a quick episode. Seems like uh, I wish it was a more exciting tale to tell from Iowa for me, but there's not a lot I can talk about other than shouting out to people that I that I have grown to love like family up there. Um, another successful year making it back home with Dad and Uncle Wibbern. It's it's getting to that point in, in my life where I, I don't care if I ever kill another deer as long as I can continue making those trips like that because – they're uh, they're absolutely um, they're start, they're priceless. Y'all started planning already for next year? No, not really. That that that'll come. Um, you know, we'll put in for our for our tags um, to try to draw a buck tag again this year, and we'll put in for that. Probably, I don't know, in May whenever they announce it. And if we don't get drawn for a buck tag, we'll grab us a doe tag, an excess doe tag, and get our license and everything, and go up and shoot us a couple more does and bring home. That's something that I got to see a different side of things riding around with Chad this year on how he bow hunts that up there. And it's definitely somewhere that I'm going to end up one of these days with, with Cody or you or, or whoever on a bow hunt. Cause I'm going up, I'm going up there bow hunting. That's, that's a dream of mine. And, um, I've got, I've got, I'm fortunate enough to have property up there that I can bow hunt on. And those, those guys are definitely, uh, definitely excited for that to happen. So. Um, I guess the trees up there, lock on trees. You just thought Illinois didn't have no straight trees. <laughs> really? Son, I was out there looking in a little mulberry patch or whatever they call it, and it was there's wild rose bushes that grow there. Uh, you ever got in a rose bush in your yard? Yeah. Right, them's tame. Yeah. We're going to call them tame rose bushes. These wild ones, they grow like razor blades and – open case knife uh, thorns <laughs> on them. So you're walking down through there, you get one of them hung in your sleeve. It's a bad, bad situation. So um, as I said, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, I'm going to cut this one short because, I mean, I'm I'm really ready to go back in here and lay down and go to bed myself and uh, get me another round of coffee. But if you would, go over to all our social media platforms. Make sure you share, follow along. Stay tuned for the uh, for the child's uh, giveaway that we're doing right now. Keep submitting those entries. We're going to give that away next Friday. We've also got a new uh, giveaway we're going to be starting up next week. Um, this will be a little bit of an adult giveaway. Um, you'll see uh, see how it, it takes. And we brought it back. Uh, Linda Cartwrighter, she uh, she actually made us up an awesome, awesome basket that we're going to be giving away. Um, we'll get pictures of that posted, and we'll come up with a, with a good contest for it. So, um we announced the uh, we'll announce the winner uh, today on a video post, but you'll hear this drop tomorrow. And we appreciate everybody entering onto that. And just stay pinned because uh, this thing's going great, and uh, we're going to see where it goes. So for everybody at Talk About It Outdoors, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget continue to mount the memories. <laughs>